It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Plan with Dan. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Dan Betzel. He's the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna there near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can reach out, give Dan in the office a call, 614-472-4510. That's the phone number. It's 614-472-4510. And I'll give all that out again at the end of the podcast just to make sure you've got it all down or you can scroll back through and here it is. So with that, Dan, hello and welcome into the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you today? Oh, I'm wonderful. It's a wonderful time of year, a busy time of year. I mean, everybody's got their office Christmas parties, holiday parties, and end of the year planning is a big thing right now. It's coming up before you know it. My wife and I are actually really excited because after Christmas, she works at the University of North Carolina with a ton of college students, and we're taking them all to this conference to celebrate the new year right after Christmas. But I'm also kind of dreading it because I know how exhausting that's going to be. <laughs> so um, I hope it's somewhere warm. Yes, yes. But we're enjoying the time of year. Like I said, busy time of year. And before we kind of get into the meat of the show today, Dan, I kind of just want to kick it off with a bit of recent news. It's been a while since we've spoken, so let's just dive into the news. Great, I'm ready. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, we do want to unpack some of the recent headlines and just see whether they might apply to you. I think this particular one might be, uh, is this something that freaks you out? I think you'll know what I'm getting at when I read the headline off. Dan, anytime we've had a bad week in the market, people say, this is it, the crash is coming. Other people say, man, it's no big deal, we're due for a slight correction. Who's right in this? And again, I know as you, the listener, listening in, you may be thinking, hey, I'm thinking those thoughts. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's a great question. I'm really glad you brought it up. But I guess I would ask people to reframe it. I don't think that's a very useful way. You know, is the crash coming or is it not coming or, you know, is it just a slight correction? I mean, I tell every one of my clients, you know, this is how the market works. It's not if we experience another 2008, but when. And your portfolio has to be designed with that in mind. By the time you think the crash or the correction is coming, it's, it's too late, right? So just like an airplane, you know, is designed to to fly through the turbulence, to fly around the storms and to go above them and to get you safely, you know, to your intended destination. That's the way your portfolio has to be designed. So, you know, is the next big crash coming? Well, I, and I don't like those words, but I mean, is the market going to do what the market does? Is it going to continue to go up and down? Are we going to have another 2008 incident? Of course we are. I mean, don't be surprised. When's it going to happen? I don't know. Nobody knows. But I will tell you, though, if you have a well-defined portfolio and it's being managed properly, you don't need to worry about it. But I understand the question. I find it really interesting that actually from an advisor's perspective, it's a little more difficult to manage clients' emotions in an up market than in a down market because it keeps going up and up and up and up. And they're like, oh, my gosh, when's it going to happen? But, you know, this is the way markets work. You know, breathe in, breathe out. I just encourage you, you know, to make sure your portfolio is designed with your risk tolerance, with your time horizon in place, and relax. 
How does that sound? For an Certainly, answer? it sounds wonderful. And it's interesting you mentioned risk tolerance. We're actually going to get to that a little bit later mm. in the podcast. And kind of the, the bulk of the show will be about that today. I want to really dive into that buzzword of risk tolerance. and Very important. Very yes, important it is. It is. I'm, gonna get, I'm getting ahead of myself, though. We can't get there yet. We have other things all right, all right. to talk about first. Let's get to know Dan a little bit better. Oh, boy. Okay, I'm ready. It's getting to know you time. Well, as promised, it's time to get to know Dan Betzel just a little bit better. Dan, this is an awesome question that the producers have written in today's show. We spend so much time on this podcast talking about retirement, how to retire. We've even asked the audience, you know, what do you want to do in retirement? What are your goals? But what about you, man? I mean, you're the advisor. You're the principal. What do you want to do in retirement? Where do you want to go? You know, that's a really great question. And my wife and I have spent a lot of time talking about it. And what we've kind of decided is, you know, people make fun of Columbus, Ohio because of, you know, our weather. It is even a joke, you know, when I'm from Cleveland and as a joke, uh, if you don't like the weather in Cleveland, just wait 10 minutes, it's going to change. It can like snow, <laughs> sleet, and we can have, you know, sunshine all in the same day. But what we've decided we really want to do is, you know, Columbus is our center. It's where our friends are. It's where the organizations that are important to us, where they're located. And we're going to actually stay domiciled, you know, have our base port here. But we love to travel. We love the mountains. We love the ocean. We love to go overseas. And so our retirement plan, and we're already beginning to implement it. You know, we sold the family house going on almost two years now. And uh, as my wife says, we right-sized to a condo that we both really love that backs up on a ravine and we have a screened in porch and we have a balcony that looks over the ravine and the trees. It's really beautiful and quiet. And our domicile or our main place of residence, our harbor will be here. And we plan on taking lots of trips. Our daughter lives in New York, so I'm sure we'll be going there a lot. My son is finishing fire school and paramedic and he wants to go out west. I'm sure we'll be visiting him. We like to travel overseas and we like to go to Colorado. We like to go to Florida. So I'm going to be in Columbus, Ohio but you'll see me around doing lots of traveling. I love that. You have a home base to come back to with a support network and whatnot, but you can also get out and explore the world around you. You can visit the kids. You can go around the world. I know you just recently, back early fall, went to Israel for several weeks, and so hopefully you'll get to do more of that in retirement. And hopefully you out there listening to the podcast Hopefully that's kind of one of your goals is, you know, maybe wanting to travel or maybe wanting to move in retirement. Maybe you want to downsize as well. And one of our goals as we produce this podcast every couple of weeks to educate you about the financial world and prepare you so that you can accomplish those goals, whether they be traveling, downsizing, moving into your dream house. I wouldn't call it downsizing, okay? Because downsizing implies that you're giving something up. Yes. And, like, and, maybe and that, just, yes. My, that's my, a good way to say that. My, my wife came up with, the, she called it right-sizing because, you know, we don't need the 3,000 square foot house in the three-car attached garage when there's just two of us. And I've been shocked at how psychologically freeing and just almost like a sanctuary, you know, it is when you have the right amount of space for what you want to get done. And it's a beautiful space and you can just really, really enjoy it. And not all the burdens of taking care of a big house. Nothing wrong with it if that's what you want. Right. But we call it right-sizing, not I downsizing. Like, I like that, right-sizing. Well, for us, for us. Yes, yes. And regardless of your goal, we hope to help you accomplish them Absolutely. through this podcast and the work that's being done at Betzel Wealth Advisors. So stick with us. Dan, I know you've got something coming up interesting for us here in Mind Over Money. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. Well, it is time for Mind Over Money. 
Dan, I hear that you've got a good one for us this week talking about loss aversion. What is loss aversion and what do we need to know about it? Yeah, you know, I'm so interested in behavioral finance. I think there's so much that an advisor has to be aware of in order to help people manage their emotions around money. And something that has come up the last few weeks is loss aversion or lost potential. And really what it is is this fear of loss which psychologists, you know, behavioral finance researchers have shown us that the fear of loss is twice as powerful psychologically as the good feelings that can be generated by something positive or a gain. And it's so strong that I think a lot of people sometimes will make bad decisions simply to avoid a loss. You know, so how do I see this happening? So, there may be investments that don't fit a person's long-term goals, you know, but they're afraid, you know, to sell it because it's doing so poorly, you know, and, and it doesn't fit their philosophy. They said, yeah, you know, I believe in asset class diversification and I believe, you know, in international global exposure in my portfolio so I can be controlled and the risk can be controlled. But I, you know, I got this stock I purchased 20 years ago from an electric company in South America and it's like worse, but they won't let go of it because the pain of letting go of it is just so painful. And so it really keeps them locked up to making really, really good decisions, you know, and so I see this like where people will hold on to possessions or invest that were gifted to them, even if they aren't the best, you know, for their lifestyle or their goals. Also, I think in a way that impacts financial planning, it makes people very, very hesitant to have the uncomfortable conversations about disability, long-term care, and estate planning, which of course are very integral parts of holistic financial planning because they don't want to talk about the loss. So my goal is to find a way you know, to help them approach this in a way that's palatable to them. So I'm, I'm very aware of loss aversion, and I would encourage people out there you know, to think about it. You know, is this what's going on? I don't want to talk about disability, long-term care. I don't want to talk about estate planning because I don't want to deal with this issue of loss. But I think if we can talk about it, it can create a safe environment, it'll do wonders for your overall financial plan, your financial health, you know, and your psychological well-being. Well, let's transition from that then into risk tolerance. Perhaps there's similar phrases. I don't know. You can kind of describe that. But I want to have a conversation as promised on risk tolerance because any advisor worth their salt is going to have that conversation with you about risk. But that's sort of a buzzword to us when we hear risk tolerance. I don't actually know what that means. And we found a lot of people don't have an understanding of it. And so I really want you to help us understand how the risk in our portfolio, our risk tolerance impacts our financial and retirement plans. I kind of just want you to dive into that concept. Let's kick it off with just a simple description of risk tolerance. What is it and how do you describe it to somebody who's not familiar with that concept? Yeah, so I'll tell you that an integral part of my onboarding process. In other words, when I meet somebody, the second meeting is devoted almost extensively to discussion of risk because I don't know how to put together a portfolio unless I really understand you know, your risk tolerance and your risk objectives. And so to explain this, I have to go back almost to high school. You know, I was really lucky. I've never been drawn to math. I'm more of a humanities type person, but I was very fortunate. I had an amazing high school math teacher, Mr. Carson, Mr. Fred Carson. Maybe he's listening. I hope he is, but I've told him before how much I appreciated how much, what an impact he had on me. But I had him for both algebra one, algebra two, and, you know, and he taught me something that, you know, nothing performs consistently, you know, not the weather, not a person's golf score, and certainly not your investment portfolio. But this lack of consistency, we can actually mathematically measure it. And we call it 
it's kind of a big word, but I remember him graphing this in ninth grade called standard deviation. You know, and the lower the standard deviation, you know, the more likely you will earn the average return each year and every year. So I tell everybody, you know, we have to have a discussion and we have to figure out, you know, how much volatility, how much up and downness, how large of a standard deviation you can tolerate. You know, are you able to ride, you know, the really, really scary mean roller coaster, you know, that has the huge tips and the huge, you know, mountains? Or can you only tolerate riding more like a baby roller coaster? And I don't mean baby in a pejorative way, but you can't take as much risk, maybe because of how much money you have, maybe because of your age, or maybe because just your risk tolerance. So, you know, it's really, really important that people understand that their portfolio is not going to perform consistently. There's going to be up and downward movement in it. And the up and downward movement inside that portfolio is what we call risk. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. And I'm just thinking about that analogy about roller coasters. I went to the state fair back in uh-huh. October and my wife was really comfortable with the rides. And so she wanted to ride all the crazy rides that throw you up in the air, all the fair rides and all that. But me, I said, no way. And so I finally let her convince me to do the Ferris wheel. And even then it's a nice peaceful ride around in a circle, but we got up to the top and I was just clinging on to the railings for dear life. I do not do heights. I'm not a big rides person. So I'm starting to see that. It's that idea that, you know, what's comfortable for her when it comes to risk on a roller coaster may not be something I'm comfortable with. And the same is similar with your stocks. So how do you get to that understanding of what somebody's risk tolerance is? For us, it was a quick realization that heights freak me out, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, like I said, I I, uh, dedicate an entire meeting to this. And then of course, at my quarterly meetings, annual review meetings, we're constantly reviewing it. But Every portfolio that we create that's put together and that's managed properly, we can measure the amount of risk in it. And so I tell everybody, you should never invest in a portfolio unless you truly understand the one-year downside risk or volatility inherent in that portfolio. And I show them the real numbers. And I say, look at 2008. You know, we all remember what happened in 2008. And I tell them. It's not if 2008 happens again, but it's a matter of time. When will it happen again? And what are you going to do if you put $100,000 into an aggressive portfolio and in 2008, it's down 34%. You don't have $100,000 on paper anymore. You now have 66000 And if they look at me and say, well, first I'm going to come over here and I'm going to beat you up and then jump out the window, okay, we're not in the right portfolio. So that's a joke. You're supposed to laugh at that. Um, and then, okay, good. Now, on the other end, we have a conservative portfolio that lost around 3.5% you know, in 2008. And of course, there's any portfolio in between those two. By helping people see what the portfolio is expected to do in the future and that this one-year downside risk, I want them to have a real tangible, visceral feeling with it. We want to look at the percentage. We want to look about if they put a half a million dollars in that portfolio the month before we had our market, you know, <laughs> our market tribulation in 2008 and they opened it up the first quarter. What would they do, you know, if their portfolio had indeed, you know, experienced that kind of downward pressure on on it. I want them to really be able to feel that number and then to actually say, yeah, I can live with that or I can't live with that. 
And there's no right or wrong. It's having a good in-depth conversation and teaching a person how a portfolio works and how we respond to that. Because if you had stayed invested long term, if you could have tolerated that ride, what happens at the bottom of the hill of the roller coaster? You know, it goes back up again, right? And you arrived, you know, safely at your destination. But not everybody can tolerate that much of a hill. So yeah, it's education, it's conversation, it's showing them historical data, and it's getting them to understand that this is how markets work. Dan, do you find that most people have a fairly similar risk tolerance? I wouldn't word it that way. I would think of it more like a bell curve. I think that most people that are in the vesting process, they like a balanced portfolio, maybe a portfolio oriented toward long-term growth, but we certainly have the outliers. We have people maybe that are very young and they understand the market risk and they want to take more risk for more reward and they'll be more aggressive. And certainly as a person gets closer to retirement, we need to dial that risk down. A lot of what we do is help people as they approach you know, the retirement age is to make sure that their portfolio is now designed for a different purpose, not for growth, but for withdrawals. And of course, we have to really manage the risk inside of that portfolio at that time. So I'd say, yeah, a lot of investors you know, like the balanced long-term growth, but it's not for everybody, but it certainly is for a lot of people in the growth mode. So finally, Dan, give us an example of a plan that you've designed recently for somebody with a very low risk tolerance. Yeah. So it's actually, you know, it's not that unusual. I manage, uh, help several trustees who are managing trust because of my legal background. You know, I'm very comfortable with the probate court and I'm comfortable working with lawyers. You know, I call myself a recovering lawyer myself. I'm not practicing law anymore, but I did for quite a few years. And so a lot of these trusts that are set up and managed with court oversight, you know, for minors, they're going to get the money when they reach 18 or 21. Those, of course, have to be managed in a very conservative manner. And so a lot of those are managed with a very low standard deviation so that when the child turns 18 or 21, we need the money for school, we need the money for other events, the money is there waiting for them. So anyone who needs the money in the next five, six, seven years, probably going to have a pretty conservative portfolio. So I do it all the time if that's the person's risk tolerance and their time horizon. Well, no matter your level of risk tolerance, the team at Betzel Wealth Advisors is there to help you get a plan together. <laughs> For retirement, all you have to do is reach out and give them a call at 614-472-4510. You can come in for a complimentary visit with the team. One more time, that number is 614-472-4510. Or for more information, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, you can find them online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, thanks again for joining us on the show. It's always a pleasure to be with you on the podcast. Great. Thanks. Appreciate it, Mark. Have a great week. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Plan with Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.